Welcome to this episode of Storyteller Series Nigeria, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories of the Nigerian experience. This episode, we bring you two stories, one from Ms. Angela Okwa about tough decisions she made as a young woman displaying strong character, and the other is from Mohamed Wakil about a day people watching at the bus stop in England. Don't forget, if you want to reach us to tell a story or anything really, you can email us at info at storytellerng.org. If you like the podcast, don't forget to rate it and share it with your friends. You can also send us a note. We're also available anywhere you get your podcasts. That's Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Hello. My name is Angela. And it's my first time here. Um, my story, of course, is a true life story. It's one of the requirements uh, for telling a story. <laughs> and my story is about telling my parents I was pregnant out of wedlock. Um, right now, it probably won't mean so much because things have changed. Um, but this was 20-something years ago in a Christian household where we took very seriously um, the instruction in the scriptures that sex is just supposed to be um, between a man and his wife. However, um, I was pregnant um, and um, for a bit I left home as soon as I found out because I, I, I wasn't ready, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to tell my parents. So I took off to Lagos. Uh, we were living in Ibadan at the time um, for a bit. And then I came back. But before I did, I, I, I went over to my big sister, my, my mother's first child. Uh, I'm the fourth in the family. So um, I told her first, um, after being in her house for many days, I really had to like, draw courage from somewhere. Um, and I spoke with her and she said, um, you know what, you're going to have to go home and tell daddy and mommy. But one thing I'm going to do for you is I am going to go with you. Um, so we went back home to Ibadan. And they hadn't seen me in a while because I went away for like six weeks or thereabouts. So when I came by, hey Angela, welcome back home. How was Lagos and all of that. And then for a bit they said, well, you kind of look different. I said, really? How different? He said, well, you seem to have toned up a bit. I said, oh, well, maybe I was just having such a great time in Lagos. Um, and then it took me three days to summon up the courage to go speak with my parents. And all of that time, my big sis was there in the background. She didn't say nothing to me, so nobody guessed there was anything happening. So I woke up very early on the third day, said a prayer to the Almighty for courage, and then I went into my parents' room. So when I knocked on the door and they say, come in, and I went inside, um, I think my father, my parents could see that there was something wrong. It was too early um, and, and coming in like that. Um, so my father said, is everything okay? So I said, yes, it is. Um, I just want to tell you guys something. So I need you to please sit up. And my mother was, okay. So they sat up. 
So I said to my father, I, I don't know how I'm going to say this, so I'll just drop it on you, but I'm pregnant. Uh, and for the first time in my life, uh, I actually saw my father totally confused and helpless. Because as soon as I said, I am pregnant, he went like this, with his hands on his head. And my mother said, oh my God, I know this was coming. Now, how did she know? Um, I, I'd had some relationship with some, um, forgive me, some very crazy person. Um, he was a good person, but he was, he was everywhere. I mean, things were going on in his life, and I was supposedly his Messiah. That's the reason I went into the relationship with him. I was very stable. At least I came from a very stable place. I was way mature than my age at the time. Um, so I thought I was going in to help him, and, and my parents didn't like it. Uh, we're a family of all girls, and usually the instruction is, if you make friends outside, bring them home so that we know them. Um, for an all-girls family, it was the smartest thing to do as parents. So um, usually you meet someone outside and then he comes home and before you know it, he's a friend of the family, everyone's family, uh, friend rather. Uh, but this particular guy, there was something not right or that didn't sit right with my mother. Because according to my mom, um, he comes into the house and he's, he's almost like a mannequin. He says nothing, I mean, after saying the greetings, of course, he says nothing to no one, and he's just sitting down there. But as soon as I show up, his eyes light up. And so my mother didn't feel comfortable about that, and that went on for a number of years. I did get out of that relationship, uh, which is the interesting thing. I wasn't pregnant for this guy. It was for someone else. So as soon as I said I was pregnant, my mother thought it was him. So that's why she said, I knew it. But then I had to tell her that it wasn't this guy, it was someone else. Now for me, what stands out or what stood out um, at the time, and even now, if I live to be a hundred, that's the one thing that I would remember. I mean, all of my sisters began to come into the room. There were about uh, four others. The six of us, uh, one was, well, two were married. One of the married ones was home with me. That's my eldest sister. And then there was another one in Lagos. But there were these other ones who were yet unmarried. Um, so everybody came in and everybody's, Angela, how could you do this? Someone else came and said, what is your problem? Who is he anyway? And I say, he's my friend. Your friend? Like seriously, he's just your friend and you went that far? And I'm crying. But my youngest sister, um, my mother's last born, she was the only one who thought I deserved some sympathy because she walked up to me and she just held me in her arms. And I will remember that always because I was in a bad place myself. Yes, I did all of those things. I, I had gone astray and it was really wrong. Um, at least based on my beliefs, I, I, there was no doubt about it. I had disappointed my parents, I had disappointed my sisters because we, we had a pact growing up that the expectations at, the, at that time was that you didn't have to train girls in school because more than likely they were going to come home pregnant anyway. So when we were really young, we had a pact and say, see, we are going to prove everyone wrong. We will go to school, 
we will get an education, we will excel, and we won't get pregnant, not out of wedlock. Um, so I had disappointed everyone, but most of all, I had disappointed myself because uh, up until it happened, it's, it's like they say, never say never. I never would have thought that I would find myself there, but that's where I found myself. But then, like I said, my youngest sister, um, the one anyone would think at that time shouldn't know or understand what I was going through, was the one person who cared enough to come give me a hug. Well, actually, one of my other sisters at the time she heard, um, she was cutting vegetables on a tree and she had this, um, like a woodcutter. Plus the woodcutter and the vegetables and the tray, they all went on my head this way. Yeah. Um, well, this wasn't in my father's house now. This was back in Lagos because um, after my parents heard the, the, the next thing, what, what were, were they going to do? So first step was, okay, we're going to have to go see who was responsible uh, for the pregnancy and um, we had to stay overnight in my sister's place so that's how she heard and um, she went with her tray on my head um, so that is my truth the consequences it's easy when we think consequences to think that they're bad all of the time and yes when you're dealing with a truth that matters and not about small things Oftentimes, yes, the, 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 the negative sort of, um, but there are also good consequences that come from telling the truth. Uh, and interestingly, the stories before mine have hinted or have said that. For me, the awesome part of my consequences was having my baby. Um, by the time I finally had my baby, I was at a good place now because I did a lot of crying. I was in school, it was my final year in the university and um, some chick walk up, walked up to me one day and say, you are crying so much about this. And she said, don't you think it's time you took a moment to appreciate the fact that you're going to be a mother and that it's a wonderful thing? It doesn't matter how the child came to be but you're pregnant, you're going to have a baby. It's something to be joyful about. So stop crying and, and, and put your chin up and own up. And I did that. And when my baby finally came, it was a blessing. Not just for me, because even my parents, my sisters, everyone was happy to have this new baby in the house. But beyond that, my daughter was 22 in January this year. And she is the most beautiful girl I ever saw. And I'm not talking physical. I am talking about her person. Um, she's an awesome kid. I say that to people all of the time. I say, well, you know what? God is good like that. Um, when he's seen that you've been through so much and you took a stand uh, for the highway, you know, you did the... The, the hard part, he's not going to add to your problems. So I think I got a child who, who is that good, uh, who, is, who listens to me, basically, even though she has a mind of her own. But God has given her to me as, I don't know, not a reward. Because I would be like, okay, you did the right. Mm -mm. It's more like, how would I put it? More like, 
compensation. Thank you. More like, see, you went astray, but you did the right thing, so I got you. And so that is my story. And I hope that um, some other persons who would hear the story and find themselves where I am, because I, I, I got to see at that point that it's so easy to go for an abortion, not because you don't want the baby, but because you are so scared of what your parents are going to do. You are so afraid of all the talks that will be flying all about you. So you go the easy way out. But if you just go through it, take time, think about it. Don't do anything in a rush. And you very well might be surprised like I have been. Thank you. Hello everyone. I'm incredibly nervous. I've been rehearsing this in my mind, sitting there. I haven't heard anything anybody has said today, so I'm so sorry. Um, so this uh, Storyteller series is about authentic Nigerian stories, and today's event is specifically about journeys. Um, I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because I'm going to be talking about an incident that happened to me in the abroad. but. I'm a Nigerian, and being in the abroad means I was on a journey, so it, it's okay. Um, so this was when I was a student um, in, in the UK. Um, as a fresh arrival, the first thing you do is to find the Nigerians that are close by and make them your friends. Um, and one of our, I guess, preoccupations was uh, the learning the, the phone you know, the accent, learning how to speak like everybody else. Um, in particular, this, this in, in London, something uh, different about the way they spoke is they used to say, in it, um, which is a short version of, isn't it? And it's, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question like, this is a microphone, in it? This is a cafe, in it? They just say it for no reason. Um, so, so we used to call them, in it boys and girls. Uh, which is very rude, uh, I'm sorry, but, but yeah, that's what we did. And in return, they used to refer to us uh, recent arrivals as freshies, you know, meaning, you know, fresh off the boat, JJC, Johnny Just Come, you know. So um, this story happened to me as a freshie uh, observing some init discussions. Um, it was at a bus stop somewhere in North London, um, I think, it was a I think it was a Sunday, I had gone to the supermarket, bought, bought some food, some groceries, and I was standing at the bus stop waiting for the bus. Um, because it was Sunday, you had to wait a long time. Um, and this was before smartphones, so I couldn't distract myself, I had to just watch what was going on around me. Um, and so I noticed there was a group of young Init boys, uh, so teenagers. Um, 14 or 15, something like that, they were having a very unusual conversation. And it just, it just stu st stuck with me because I, first of all, I was a little bit obsessed with the way they spoke, you know, they were using that slang, um, but it was also just very strange. So um, there are three characters in this story. Um, I will 
try and speak like they spoke. You know, so please indulge me. I'm not an actor. Um, so the three characters will be one, two, and three, sort of the positioning. Um, so so I'll, I'll, I'll say what the first guy said, and I'll just get into it. But in the middle of the story, I'll stop and narrate, so I'll, I'll sit down. So that will be me. <laughs> so this is uh, guy number one. He was, he was talking to guy number two. Um, so he said, Yo fam, why is brov talking to man like that? <laughs> I don't know, man, I don't know. What, mate? What are you on about? We were just talking. We were just having a conversation. What are you, what are you trying to say? So, pause. <laughs> we, I, I, I don't know the names of these characters, but I'm going to try and introduce them based on this first exchange. Um, so, in the middle, clearly we have the ringleader, the bad guy, who refers to himself as man. Over here, we have the sidekick, a.k.a. Fam. And then we have poor Brov over here, who is misunderstood. Um, so yeah, three characters. Fam, Man, and Brov. Okay. Fam. Seems to me like Brov is trying to say something. Mate, what are you on about? I'm not trying to say nothing. We're just talking. We're having a conversation. What are you on about? Right. So, uh, brother's not trying to say nothing. That's good. Because you know what would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mate. Okay, I'll, I'll pause again, pause. <laughs> at, at this point, our friend Brov starts to change color. Uh, I can't remember if it was, you know, white or light skin, but the guy turned red, he was angry, you know? Uh, if you notice, the entire conversation so far, nobody has actually spoken to him. They're, these two are talking, but they're talking about him. They can, he can hear them, and he, it's, it's frustrating. You self go vex, you know? So, so yeah, let's continue. Oi, mate, what if I was trying to say something? What would have happened? Tell me. I'm, I'm sick of this. What would have happened, mate? What would have happened? Fam, did you hear that? <laughs> Brothers asked the man, what would have happened? Pause again. <laughs> so for the first time in this entire discussion, man decides to address Brov directly. <laughs> Mate, man would have knocked you out, Brov. <laughs> At this point, Two things happen. Brov completely loses his temper and physically attacks man. 
The second thing that happened is that my bus arrived. So I had to start carrying my load <laughs> and try, try and catch the bus because, you know, it's a Sunday and buses are rare. I, I rushed into, into the bus, started looking for coins to pay and, and then ran in to try and find a seat where I could see what was happening at the bus stop because <laughs> it was very important. Um, as soon as I sat down, um, the bus started moving. But uh, I, I had a seat, I had a window seat, so I'm happy to report that Brov was beating the nonsense out of me. <laughs> uh, and our, our third friend, in, 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 his, in his true form, in, in his character, he was just standing there watching them. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't trying to separate the fight, he wasn't, he was just there being very neutral. Um, so the bus turned a corner, I lost sight of our three friends, and I continued with my journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Storyteller Series Nigeria. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends. For more information on the series and to check dates for our next live event, please follow us at ABJ Storyteller, that's one word, on Instagram, Twitter, and like our Facebook page. You can also visit our website at thestorytellerng.org. If you would like to tell a story at our next live event or submit a story to the podcast, please email info at thestorytellerng.org. Have a great day.